Hello students today I'll talk about women characters in in custody now as you know in custody uh, which got published in 84 is the eighth novel of anita desai and it has been considered universally by critics as male centered uh, they find that its main focus is projected upon the male characters uh, implying that female characters are ciphers or you know more like symbols or more mysterious and do not occupy center stage um it is true that female characters like imtiaz begum sarla they don't have that much of a space as devin or and noor have in the novel but it doesn't mean they are only there just for as decorations or they are only there as ciphers you know or secret symbols actually uh, but for the presence of these two female characters the construction of power relations between men and women would not have been possible uh the power relations have emerged out of the conflictual relation of different discourses constructed by different characters okay so the power relations which we see in in custody is there because of the presence of women characters if women characters would not have been there the power relations would not have been there so uh, there are several different discourses are at work in the book and uh, these discourses are often in conflict with one another you know there are several different issues are there in the book which are often in conflict with one another uh, we can say that the novel has got no center because uh, it has different different issues running and different different conflicts running for example um, you know nationalism versus journalism urdu versus hindi uh new housewife versus traditional housewife female artist versus male critic so out of all these conflicts the dominant conflict is between discourse of a female artist and that of the male critic okay so uh you know when we go through the novel uh, the first description which we look in the novel is description of mirpur and mirpur is giving us an image of post independent india okay and uh, uh, it's more like a colonial india and in mirpur different uh, religious communities live hindu muslim christian and location of mosque and temple they show the separate habitation of two communities so these two communities are living in peace and harmony uh, the mosque is in a very bad condition but uh, it needs to be repaired but local muslims are not in a position to do so so they are very poor in post independent india on the other hand temples have been often wrecked rebuilt replaced and uh, you know they do not actually show what is the economic condition of the hindus so these two communities are trying to maintain communal harmony so by keeping the pigs out of the mosque and by never slaughtering any cow near a temple and in during muharram and holi the communal tensions rise up communal communal riots break out so what is evident from these incidents these riots and communal uh, problems is the religious tolerance and communal harmony uh, which the nationalist discourse which being an indian sometimes gets jolted by this anti secular discourses in the newspapers so it's not that they are fighting always but sometimes they do get disturbed and there is always this inherent communal tension which surfaces so uh, you know uh, how the novel shows the conflicts not only between hindus and muslims in that sense it also shows the conflict between discourses on urdu and discourses on hindi 
so what is the position of the marginalized urdu language in is post independent india so uh, what has actually had happened when you know the language were languages were being decided so uh, the first prime minister of india nehru said ki the common language should be hindustani okay so it was more like at that point of time urdu and hindi were spoken simultaneously so they were a parallel languages so hindi and urdu it was assumed that these two languages would be combined into one and they it would be spoken but after independence urdu became official language of pakistan and hindi was adopted as a national language on the basis of political arguments that were floated during that time in india so nehru could not escape those arguments so uh, it's like you know hindi occupied a dominant position because of its association with the dominant hindus and urdu lost much of its position because then it got identified with the language from a muslim country so anita desai knows the communalization which is happening of the national language so yeah anita desai she is not unaware of the communalization of the national language policy and she knows that hindi walas do carry some hatred towards the urdu loving people and she does bring out that through subjectivity of trivedi head department of hindi lala ramlal college the college where devin works what he says he says i won't have muslim todis in my department you will ruin my boys with your muslim ideas your urdu language i will warn the rss you are a traitor so by you trivedi refers to the urdu loving people like devin sharma who is a temporary lecturer of his department so anita devai desai is very much aware about this communalization now we all know devin is more a poet than a professor before marriage but after marriage uh, he is using all his energy on his job but he hasn't lost his interest in urdu poetry because he inherited that passion for urdu poetry from his father so the love for urdu which is in dormant state in him it gets activated when murad comes and murad asks him to interview noor the greatest living urdu poet of the time and write an article for his urdu journal awaaz so uh, you know and devin is made to believe that you know that interview would change his fortune and this article would also lead to revival of urdu language and literature which is the temptation which devin feels so uh, you know he call, murad calls himself as a self styled patron of urdu language and he says hindi is the language of peasants and it's a vegetarian monster and all that so murad's discourse that urdu which had been the language of the court in the day of royalty has now been languishing due to the lack of its patron makes an impact upon devin's subjectivity so this is the way murad convinces devin that hindi is just a common man's language right now urdu is a royal language and it needs to be revived and his immediate recitation from noor's poetry you know he says life is no more than a funeral procession winding the grave and small joy is the flower of funeral breath so uh, devin's love for urdu passion for urdu may be construed as anita desai's love for urdu language and literature but devin meets noor the urdu poet and what does he find he finds noor's life as to be very very uh, messy very complicated very distorted very bad in a very bad shape and uh, you know and this makes him wonder that how a person like noor could write poetry in the circumstances which he is in I mean how could such a divine poetry come out of the mouth of a old um, chubby bald guy who is harassed by his two wives 
सो दिस इज वॉट देवेन थिंग्स एंड इन द सेकेंड मीटिंग देवेन फाइंड्स नूर चार्ज विद अपोजिशनल कॉन्शियसनेस विद विच ही डिबंग्स द हिंदी वालाज पॉलिटिक्स ऑफ लैंग्वेज एंड क्लैशेज अगेंस्ट द कांग्रेस वालाज हु हैव यू नो डन नथिंग टू डेवलप उर्दू लैंग्वेज एंड फॉर नूर उर्दू इज ओनली कन्फाइंड टू सम स्टूडेंट्स एंड टीचर्स इन द यूनिवर्सिटीज सो हिंदी वालाज एंड द कांग्रेस गवर्नमेंट दे आर ऑल रिस्पॉन्सिबल फॉर मेकिंग इट डाउन सो ही सबवर्ड्स हिंदी लिटरेचर बाय एन एक्ट ऑफ मिमिक्री वट डज नूर डज ही रिसाइड्स वर्सेज फ्रॉम श्री गोविंद ही सेज सन मून स्टार स्काई एंड ऑल ऑल दीज लाइन्स ही सेज एंड यू नो and it causes a change in devin also so you know and he talks about devin talks about glory of urdu and he talks about how this journal might change the fortunes of urdu and all so somehow you can see there are changes in devin now devin has not only become agent of urdu but he has also become a slave or he has also become subjected to noor and in the third meeting in noor's house devin uh, Okay, takes note of the resistance to his guru's art by a female artist. He observes that in his guru's house, Noor had been pushed to the margin by the female artist. Uh, and uh, the center stage in her birthday ceremony is occupied by the female, not Noor. So uh, one has to remember that whatever may be the gender of an artist, the artist should be recognized as an artist. Artist. But the moment Devin finds the artist a female. his uh, felic mind detects a coquette in her flashing smiles at her audience he, co- he considers her her as a tamasha wali and all that because she is a female if it had been a male artist then he would not have considered her as a tamasha wali so as a felic critic he he as a male he does not consider her as an artist because there is a patriarchal poetics going on there is a male dominated society and males do not consider female worthy to be an artist so for devin uh you know uh, imtiaz begum begum is more like a female mafia or a prostitute or a tamasha wali so she is not an artist so somehow when he is denying imtiaz begum's creativity he is making his guru noor the greatest of a poet so this is this male hierarchy which is going on you know male artist being uh, you know put on a pedestal at the cost of a female artist imtiaz begum also has talent she sings well and she has her poetry has got merit but that is not being paid attention to so uh, noor also you know is like uh, he does not like imtiaz begum now you know he tells devin that you know when uh, imtiaz first had come to his house she was shy <clears throat> she never showed her worst to anybody but gradually she wanted my house my audience my friends so this is how noor is judging imtiaz begum she has now robbed him of all these things and but this accusation is coming out of noor's inferiority complex because um he thinks that uh, you know the male ego cannot accept the supremacy of the female artist and she also cannot be silenced you know she says to him you couldn't be at the sight of someone else regaling with poetry the same poetry you used to mouth so allowing imtiaz begum to raise her voice against this oppressive uh, male uh, dominance or patriarchal power or phallic power anita desai is shifting her position so she is not showing sympathy towards the marginalized poet like noor she is showing sisterhood or sympathy towards the marginalized female artist so yeah anita desai uh, is not unaware of the differences between women 
you know so uh, sufia begum's quarrel with imtiaz begum is a case in point while uh, imtiaz begum is uh, you know very very what you can say militant she wants to fight against gender discrimination sufia begum is trying to spoil that struggle why she quarrels with her and she uh, is you know trying to make a partnership with devain against her so sufia's quarrel may be for sharing maximum time with her husband noor but uh, she should have understood you know that in muslim patriarchy a man can keep four wives at a time on condition that he must give equal treatment to all of them but uh, noor is definitely violating the norm because he is paying more attention to imtiaz begum because she is pretty and she is intellectual so uh, you know she should have quarreled with noor who is applying a double standard but instead sufia is quarreling with imtiaz begum and who is already gearing up for struggle for equality so uh, one may ask ki why uh, both these women are fighting so uh, they are fighting these two women are fighting because they consider noor as to be the sun and they are the satellite they think they are dependent on noor I mean he is the male he is the husband so they will be recognized only because of noor who is a husband just because they are his wives so they are, they are being his wives is the uh, sole existence of them so it, it's like they think that they cannot be anything without their husband noor so that's why these two women are fighting with each other and then uh, you know if sufia begum you know she wants to beat imtiaz begum at any cost and imtiaz doesn't perm imtiaz begum doesn't permit devin to record noor's voice and his poetry in their house sufia sufia removes all of devin's anxieties by providing him with a secret room for recording though on payment so uh, it is like you know in a patriarchal hegemony a woman is very much a willing partner if the woman is not ready to be uh, accepted as a subordinate or as a inferior version of the male then this whole discrimination might not happen so here is the irony which we are looking at that imtiaz begum is taking a position of resistance to phallic power to patriarchal domination sufia willingly surrenders to it so the fight of the women for the women is completely shattered you know when the fight which is done for the other women uh is not at all applicable to the other women the other women wants to be subjugated the other women wants to her husband at any cost so how would the patriarchal domination can be uh, you know wiped out so that's why feminist movements do not succeed because of this complicity of the women who do not want to be freed who love their slavery too much so devin has already given money for the completion of the recording session but he misuses the fund and he is foolish also because he purchases a second hand tape recorder and then he depends on an inexperienced technician and uh, you know he cannot properly set the program in order so this whole uh, fiasco uh, ext- gets extended from one week to three weeks and so the whole recording session ends in a fiasco noor with his noisy loutish companion they talk about biryani rum and sometimes noor talks about his youth his education his travel his loves squirrels but chiku the technician is only able to record the irrelevant portions of noor's discourses and the poetry the 
major uh, element which devin wanted to record never gets recorded so recording session proves that noor is now devoid of any sensibility any coherence any creativity and devin is also useless now he is limited he is impractical he is emotional he is ineffectual so noor is failure as an artist and devin as an recorder so the question definitely arises can he really be a custodian of noor's heritage noor's memory if he is such a failure so in proving them so much in opposition to imtiaz begum who has who is already a success on the stage somehow the novel is trying to subvert the patriarchal binary which always say males are the winners and females are the losers here one can say female is more as a winner and males as losers so when uh, devin comes back home he is very much financially crippled you know doesn't have money and he's not now irritated by his wife's limp or her hunched twisted posture or her hair uh, he feels that everything is a part of his own grand humiliation so so but somehow he still comforts his wife you know puts an arm around her and all that and that male power position um you know matlab he wants to do that he wants to comfort her but he then thinks no 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 i cannot do that then i will always be more like a slave to my wife and i cannot do that uh then he sees an unopened letter on the table and the letter is from imtiaz begum the female artist and it this letter can be considered as a feminist discourse on fem- on female art of poetry uh because in it the female artist in a confessional mood informs devin that she had no idea about the recording session her husband noor could not but inform her of it and uh, she accused him of having insulted her intelligence by considering the co-wife more wise and capable so uh, she is wondering that whether devin still considers her as a prostitute and she has also added that it would be an act of insult not only to her but also to his revered poet noor because his po- his uh, you know favorite poet was interested in her mind talk and poetry and then she requests devin to judge her poetry and she says that the validity and existence of a work of art is contingent upon the judgment of the critics so a good poetry needs a good critic too so that's why she sends the poetry uh, to devin so but it is noticeable that uh, uh, you know imtiaz begum begum never wanted devin to judge her as a woman she just wanted devin to judge her as an artist because she thought that devin had the merit to be objective to be neutral and not to be uh, completely biased uh, so this is what she says to him and uh, she also questions the superiority of male artists you know and uh, she talks about the fellow centricity of the critics like devin you know so she produces she talks about how male uh, you know males will always side with the male poets and the male uh, discourse or the you know victimhood of males not for the female so this is what she says that while i was singing my verse you left the mehfil was it not because you feared i might eclipse the verse of noor saheb and other male poet whom you review uh, was it not intolerable to you that a women should match their gifts and even outstrip them are you not guilty of, of assuming that because you are a male you have a right to brains talent reputation achievement while i was born a female i am condemned to find what satisfaction i can in being maligned mocked ignored and neglected 
Is it not you who has made me play the role of a loose woman in gaudy garments by refusing to take my work seriously and giving just that much regard that you would extend to even a failure in art as long as the artist was male? So it's definitely a proper feminine discourse. It's a feminist uh, manifesto which is asking for the equal rights for women, which is asking for the women's voice to be heard or women artists to be respected. So she exposes the gender discrimination in the domain of art. And by taking the subject position, she requests Devin to include her work into his custody. So, but Devin's refusal to include her work into his custody, it definitely serves purposes. Because he doesn't want to be called a sissy and he wants to be called a male writer. And then he wants his own power and position as a phallic critic. So he tears it into pieces, scatters them in the floor of his house in front of Salla. And Salla says, you are dropping rubbish. So the torn pieces of the paper containing her poets, it's more like leaves, you know. I mean, it's like the artist's soul is or the artist's body is being torn into pieces. And there are female critics like Salla who dismiss this dismembered female artist's work as rubbish. Women also do not appreciate other women's works. So when Salla says, why are you putting trash into uh, in floor? She's not appreciating Imtiaz Begum's work. So a women critic is all, uh, you know, also not appreciative of a women's work. But the critics who are conscious of gen gender discrimination, they may try to piece together her writings to form a complete story of her career. And they may remember the dismembered female artist, you know, they can reconstitute the whole discourse. So Anita Desai gives voice to the female artist like Imtiaz Begum. You know, and by resurrecting her knowledge as to how her creativity was denied by a male critic. So, Devain tearing off her poetry is her creativity which is being denied by male critic. male critic. And somehow Anita Desai is showing that creativity is not the monopoly of man. Um, the female artist like Imtiaz, she can stride in the domain of art if it is recognized. Now, Salla is another women character in the novel. Uh, at the end of the novel, she becomes a compliant woman. But in the beginning, she was a very much of a nagging wife. She was sulky. She was furious. And uh, she was chosen by Devin's mother because she was plain, penny-pinching and pessimistic. And But Salla had her own aspirations. You know, uh, you know, she had been, you can say, educated according to the new discourses of media of new women or new housewife. So in the same way, you know, refrigerator, television, phones, mixers, all these things. And Salla also read magazines where she dreamt of uh, Prince Charming coming to sweep her off her feet and all that, you know. So all these things are not there in her husband. Her husband is not able to, Devin is not able to give it to her. So but by marrying a teacher and moving to a small town, her magazine dreams are not materialized. So she becomes a tired and shabby looking housewife. She is very much embittered. She is a bitter woman. And novelist as a woman is expressing, uh, you know, sympathy for Sarla. At least Devin had poetry. She had nothing. There was an added accusation and bitterness in his look. So Devin still had poetry to escape from the monotonous existence. But Sarla had nothing. So, uh, you know, uh, Devin felt like a trapped animal. Marriage, family, job had placed him in the, in the cage. So he would hurl away dishes cry and all that so this is a patriarchal family in a capitalist society so somehow uh, the poor and failure man like Devin he can always dominate his wife 
he can always vent out his frustrations onto his wife but what should the wife do she cannot even vent out her frustrations so uh, because of capitalism sarla wants more you know she is not happy with the simple life which she is getting but she doesn't leave her husband like a traditional hindu housewife so she worships god and goddesses for the welfare of her husband and her family and uh, but sometimes you know the whole structural problem of the patriarchal culture comes you know so it was only men who could play at being dead while still alive such idleness was luxury in her opinion now if she were to start playing such tricks where would they all be who would take manu to school cook lunch for them so she thinks that if she died would they even be able to manage without her so uh, through sarla novelist is referring to the problems in a patriarchal society that man can always after defeat or work come back to home but a woman has got no other thing to do where would she go if she feels frustrated and she has to suffer from the domestic life also so sarla knows that if she stops cooking or mothering or cleaning the whole entire system would collapse but uh, she is a hindu housewife so she has to return to her home she has to do what the hindu wife is supposed to do so uh, does in making sarla uh, you can say selecting the institution like family or maintaining the status of a housewife anita desai is taking the third world feminist position you know and somehow she is in league with nationalist discourse which says women should be in the inner sanctum of the home so this type of uh, feeling which we get from sarla's character so these uh, three women are the main women in in custody sofia begum imtiaz begum and sarla and we can see three different women uh imtiaz begum who is more like a feminist and who is more like a militant feminist and who wants to fight for women's rights and who is also an artist who is not being given proper regard sufia begum who is a wife uh, who is a fighter for her wifely uh, privileges and who is a selfish or what you can say who is a um a woman who is just happy with the husband and a women like sarla who had different aspirations for a match made in heaven and but who is still relegated to a being a housewife of a simple uh, you know man like devin who is just a college professor who does not earn much so these three type of women who we seen in custody but yes we cannot only say that in custody is about homocentric universe or it's only about males it does give some space to the female characters and it does show the predicament of female characters vis-a-vis the male characters so that's all for today students if you have any queries do get back to me do listen to these podcasts i'm sending the notes also with it if there are any doubts do get back to me through mail or whatsapp till next time uh, take care bye